And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Uh, Great show for you today. Fantastic show today. Uh, I had on Rob Smith. Uh, Rob is a political commentator. Uh, He is a black, gay, conservative Republican who served five years in the U.S. Army uh, during the Iraq War. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't like this episode, you are a racist bigot who hates the military. (laughs) So, hopefully... Don't be a bigot. Tell your friends to download the show. Uh, yeah, anyway, before we get to Rob, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit or you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium premium e-liquids anywhere in the country. All their stuff is delicious. All their stuff is FDA compliant. They have any kind of uh, battery, tank, coil, mod, anything you need um, to help you quit smoking, um, they have. Premier Vapor. Um, they have... Uh, Physical locations in Perrysburg, Ohio, and Holland, Ohio. Uh, if you're traveling through the area, check them out in person. If not, you can find them at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That is PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Um, they'll give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. You really can't beat that. And if you don't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I would really appreciate that. And uh, shows come out every Monday and Wednesday afternoon. Um, the shows will always be free. Content is always free over here at the No Gimmicks Podcast. If you want to get involved, though, you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, um, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. Um, there's cool incentives over there if you uh, want to contribute monthly. If not, it's cool. Just tell your friends about us. Um, uh, yeah, help spread the word. We're always trying to make this thing bigger and better for you guys. Lots of cool stuff coming up. And uh, yeah, without further ado, here is my chat with Rob Smith. All right, guys, we're here with America's favorite black gay Republican, Rob Smith. Rob, thanks so much for taking the time, my friend. That is me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and forgot to mention, you're also an Iraq uh, war veteran. So thank you for your service, sir. Um, Absolutely. I want to get, get uh, just for the listeners that aren't familiar, just tell me about your background, man. How did you find your way to conservatism? Um, how did you find your way to the Republican Party? What, what got you started down that road? You know what? I think that uh, my path to conservatism really started a long time time ago, although I didn't realize it at the time. You know, I'm an Iraq War veteran. I served five years in the United States Army right out of high school. And, um, you know, serving the country is one of the great honors of my life. It was not an easy experience, but it's the experience that molded me into the man that I am today. And, you know, after I got out of the military, I actually got involved in activism against Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which was, of course, the law that said that, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual people could not serve openly in the military. Right. And I was very involved in the left because that was a, a big left issue at the time. And, you know, we got Don't Ask, Don't Tell repealed. Uh, LGB soldiers are able to serve openly now. There's some stuff going on with transgender soldiers that is that that we're still trying to work out right now. But fundamentally, I think my path to conservatism came when I realized 
realized that there were just some conversations that those on the left were not allowing people to have. They seem to be um, anti-critical thinking. There just seemed to be these sacred cows that you could not touch on the left. And and that is is one element of it. And I think that for me, in terms of being a Republican, being a conservative, because not not everybody who's made the decision to leave the left and to leave the Democrats uh, necessarily became a conservative Republican. For me, my path to conservatism is really all about what have I really seen Democrats do for the black community over the past three decades of my life, but tell us that we needed them to survive, but tell us that we're victims, but try to pull us into this welfare state that just doesn't work out. And that is why I am a Republican now. That is why I am a conservative, because I think that these conservative ideals of free markets, of, of entrepreneurship, of, you know, that pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, I think that these are messages that can be really beneficial to black people if we give them a chance. And I do not think that any minority group, whether it's African Americans, Latinos, Muslims, the LGBTQ community, period, no minority group has a position of power or will be powerful if they are completely chained to one political party. Right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. And uh, you mentioned don't ask, don't tell. And it's funny, like gay rights in the military didn't used to be a Democratic issue. Barry Goldwater, you know, one of the founders of American conservatism, said in 1959, he said, you don't have to be straight to serve in the army. You just have to shoot straight. You know? Exactly. So it, it was a Republican, uh, you know, point before kind of like the religious right kind of took over the party for a while starting in the late 80s right. um, it, it's funny that, and yeah, then that, to even to even um piggyback off of that and one of the reasons why you know i i talk about my military service and i talk about don't ask don't tell when i was protesting against don't ask don't tell that was a democratic administration and i think that people don't realize that for the lgbtq community we weren't always this chained to the democratic party like to right. me um Gay rights are, are apolitical. Gay rights are, are, you know, you can negotiate with either party when it comes to gay rights. We just have to identify what that is. And I think that for gay people in particular, uh, the far, far left writers and, and entertainers and whatever, they have sort of taken over that conversation, which is why so many gay people are so chained to the Democratic Party now. Right, right. And there's really no one that especially white leftists, hate more than a black conservative. Um, they, they, oh, absolutely. It absolutely drives them up the wall because they count on the black vote and they count on the LGBT vote to win elections. I mean, they, they basically survived by keeping, you know, the black vote on the, you know, I don't really like the term, but, you know, as, you know, Candace Owens and others say, you know, the, the Democratic voting plantation, right, for, for lack yeah. of a better term. So, I mean, you, they, you, threaten them, man. I mean, they're terrified of people like you. Um, and I, I guess that explains all the backlash. I've seen some of the backlash you've gotten, man. And, you know, obviously I have a podcast, so I get a lot of hate mail, but uh, nothing compared to just the, the awful, vulgar, just disgusting stuff coming your way. Well, you know, it's kind of crazy to me. I mean, I, I knew that I was taking a risk by coming out not only as a, a gay conservative, but also a black gay conservative. I knew that I was taking that risk. And to tell you the truth, uh, you know, I expected a lot of that stuff, but I think that my presence really is threatening to a lot of mainstream Democrats, especially black Democrats, and especially 
especially black people on the left that make their whole career and their lives out of keeping black people in in this victimhood mentality. This is an entire industry, okay? You know, pushing this idea of just all-encompassing, all-consuming racism on black people is an industry that makes a lot lot of people very very wealthy, uh, excuse me. And I I think that who I am is very threatening to that. But what I see is when you have people like you know, myself, when you have people like Candace Owens, when you have people like David Harris Jr., we there is a very big movement of black conservatives happening right now and black millennial conservatives. And we need to get out there and start pushing different messages, because I think that for so long, it has been so easy for black black people to make black conservatives a joke to say you're an uncle tom you're a coon you're this you're that you're not serious but what you are seeing is people coming out and moving to the forefront that are serious candace owens is a serious person i am a serious person you cannot say that i am just some joke with my military service with all of the activism that i've done on behalf of lgbtq rights you can't you know milo me you know what i'm saying right yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you're, you're kind of bulletproof in that regard. I mean, you, you stand up for your principles regardless of what political party, you know, agrees with you on any certain topic. And I think that's definitely admirable. Um, I, the Democrats, they they really bring everything back to, you know, race and gender identity and, and sexual orientation and stuff like that. I saw a tweet from uh, Kamala Harris, the the execrable Kamala Harris, the wild leftist senator from the great state of California. I'll, I'll read it real right. quick. Uh, this is a quote from this morning from Kamala Harris, quote, We won't be silent about race. We won't be silent about sexual orientation. We won't be silent about immigrants' rights. These are the very issues that define our identity as Americans. Okay, so a couple things about that tweet. One, Kamala Harris isn't silent about anything. I don't know why. I mean, she's she's on TV right. every single day talking about race, so I, I don't think anybody's trying to silence her. But no, race and, and sexual orientation don't define who we are as Americans. Liberty, personal freedom, property rights, rugged individualism, our common values. Uh, you know what I think define so us as Americans, not the color of our skin or who well, we decide to sleep with. You know. You- you're absolutely right. And, and so, look, here's the thing. I am not somebody that denies that racism exists in society. You know, oh, of course, fundamental of institutional racism, it is there. Absolutely. I am not denying that LGBT people get discriminated against. Like, absolutely. That is a very real thing. What people like me. Well, actually, I'm not going to put any words in anybody else, anybody else's mouth. What I am saying is that you can realize that these are very real things and not allow them to dictate the entire sense of your being right Right. so i can be a black man and know that racism exists in society and know that this is a very real thing that's there but i can't let it affect me mentally so much that it is the only thing that i can think about and and be about and i think that the problem with a lot of black people and a lot of queer people and a lot of you know just people of color on the left is that these identities just completely define every sense of who they are. And and I say this with compassion because I used to be in that world. My sexual orientation used to just completely define me from top to bottom. My race just used to completely define me from top to bottom. And it wasn't until I started giving myself the privilege to be an individual. I, 
had to give myself permission to just be an individual and to see the world the way Rob Smith sees the world because right. of Rob Smith's individual life and individual experiences. And what I would like to do is to give people that look like me and have my sexual orientation, give them that gift. Because once you are free of that, you can start seeing the world in a different way. And when you start seeing the world in a different way, you will be able to engage in it more. And you will be able to maybe engage in people that don't look like you or don't think like you in a much more productive way. Right. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I really think it's telling um, that I, I believe that, that tweet, Kamala Harris, I think she speaks for the majority of Democrats, at least elected Democrats right now, uh, that they do really believe that, you know, your race, your, your sexual orientation is kind of all encompassing, right? Like you are put in a box and you're not allowed to think for yourselves. And I think that's really telling and, and disturbing, to be honest, and un-American, to be honest. I think that's kind of the opposite of, of what we're, we're all about. I mean, just we're, we're individuals. Individualism is what, what made this country great, right? Being able to you know, think it should for be. yourself. It should be at a certain point. And this is one of the biggest reasons why I left the Democrats at a certain point. They decided that in order for them to win elections, in order for them to be relevant, they need to slice and dice the electorate into as many small pieces as they possibly can. Black people here, Latinos here, Muslims here, gay people here. And then we're going to create this huge tent so that basically everybody that is not straight and white is going to be with us. And then we're going to say we're going to abolish ICE and we're going to do all of these (laughs) things. And I think that, you know, it just fundamentally doesn't work. And my biggest problems with with the Democrats right now is that I say they're advocating for open borders, not openly, of course, but when I tell people when they're saying abolish ICE, what do you think that that means eventually in about five years? And you cannot advocate for open borders and advocate for a welfare state at the same time. They cannot do both of these things at the same time. Right. And they're going to have to lose many more elections until they figure that out. Right, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And, you know, obviously the Republican Party has many flaws as well. I mean, the Republicans drive oh, me absolutely. absolutely nuts as well. But uh, they don't really throw people out of the tent for disagreeing on something, right? I mean, even going well, back... You know, going back years, I, I, there were always Republicans that were, say, pro-gay marriage before gay marriage was legal. They weren't kicked right. out of the party, right? But now people are like, you know, Chuck Schumer's threatening these, you know, Democratic senators saying, hey, if you if you don't vote with me 100 percent of the time, we, you know, we won't fund your reelection campaign. You know, like they will not let even their own elected officials think outside the box. And I think well, that is kind of a big difference between the two parties right now. It's a huge difference. And I think that right now, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, how could you be a conservative Republican? You know, that means that you agree with this and that you agree with that, blah, blah. And I'm saying I did not become a conservative Republican so that I could go from basically, you know, one cult to another. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> uh, that is that is not why I became Republican. And what I have found is that the conservatives that I engage are actually open to engage engaging with different ideas. They don't use shutdown words. And I can engage with some some conservatives and I can say, as I've said before, that I do believe in transgender uh, service in the military. Absolutely, I do. That is one of my core principles. And I will sit down with any conservative and I will argue, not argue with them, but I will debate with them and have a discussion about why, as a five-year U.S. military veteran with two Middle East tours, I can probably tell you why I believe in transgender service 
You know what right. I mean? And so what I see is conservatives are open to having these conversations in a way that liberals liberals are not. They they have these purity tests. And when people don't pass the purity test, when they don't toe the line and when they don't think how they're supposed to think, then people get crazy and emotional and argue. And as you'll see what, what what happened to Candace Owens this weekend or this morning, uh, they they attack. Right. Yeah. And so I know you got to go in uh, just a few minutes here, but I have two more two more questions before I let you go. Uh, one, this sure. just kind of came to mind. I'm just curious. I, I I'm not gay, and I never served in the military. But I and so and you were serving when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was still in place. And uh, yes. I, just from my limited understanding, it always that always seemed ridiculous to me. Um, I mean, half the guys I went to high school with joined the service, you know, because that's I graduated in 2007. It was the you know height of the wars, and you know I knew tons of people that served. And and talking about don't ask, don't tell. I'm like, man, all these guys that I know that served in the military, I don't think any one of them would care one way or the other if they're if they're serving next to a you know a transgendered soldier or a gay soldier or something. I, I just don't because I know these guys pretty well. I don't think they give a shit about that kind of thing. So it always nobody seems a little, does like, overblown, right? It's over the top. Nobody cares. And this whole argument, you know, I've been seeing I've been seeing some conservatives who've never served uh, make this argument about transgender soldiers. Well, you know, what? Why are our tax? uh, Why are tax dollars going to their medical care? Anything like that? It's like, first of all, our tax dollars are going to medical care for a for hundreds of thousands of soldiers. Soldiers with all sorts of medical things going on. The military, right. you know, gives uh, billions of dollars, uh, you know, for Viagra for for soldiers right. that were no seriously for yeah. Viagra for soldiers that are struggling with PTSD. So why should we not um, take care of of the health needs of people that are volunteering to serve our country? Right, right, yeah, and that that kind of just confirms. Obviously, I have a very limited understanding of this because I never served, but it, yeah. it always seemed like a weird concept to me like I, I you know i can imagine if i if i were on the battlefield i'd care that you know the guy next to me can shoot straight and can carry my ass out of there if i get shot you know the, i can imagine that would be my only line of thinking but so before i let you go um we're both obviously conservative commentators uh, yes. i want to talk just a little bit about um the left and big tech companies assault on conservative speech um and, and just mm-hmm. today uh, i saw Paul Joseph Watson, the editor over at InfoWars, and I can't stand InfoWars. I think Alex Jones is a crazy person. He peddles conspiracy theories. I don't think he's a conservative at all. But they were permanently banned from Facebook today um, due to, quote-unquote, hate speech. Um, Obviously, I'm no fan of Alex Jones, but this seems absolutely ridiculous that Facebook would would ban a large media source like InfoWars. This is really concerning to me. And to be honest, Rob, I think they're going to come after you before they come after me because, you know, you threaten them more than I do. <laughs> yeah. So what are your feelings on, on what we're seeing from the left's censorship through these big tech companies? And I don't know, does it, does it scare you as, as much as it scares me? It, it is scary because what social media and, and, and digital media and this whole revolution has done is it has democratized things. Right. It really has. It has given everybody a voice. And when you see um, these big tech, tech companies swirling around to basically close the gates and decide who gets to have a voice and who doesn't based on what, you know? And and, and the scariest thing about it is that they haven't released any sort of statement that said, we are are banning this because of X, Y, Z, or ABC. Like, they've got nothing. And it is very, I'm actually shadow banned on Twitter myself. I have the the, the QFD ban or or something like that. And what I really do think is happening is that people are silencing conservative 
conservative voices, and it is scary. And as somebody who has done my fair share of work in the media for all kinds of, of mainstream media outlets, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that they do t- tend to be very liberal. They tend to be staffed by people that generally come from the same places. It's generally an East Coast uh, tri-state area thing. And it comes from these people who are very, very liberal in in thought. And we need conservative media to balance things out. And when you have a company like InfoWars being silenced like that for for reasons that are that are fundamentally unclear, it is it is very concerning and and very dangerous for the future. Right. Right. And obviously, I think InfoWars is wrong about just about just about everything. But uh, I haven't heard anything from them that would constitute hate speech, whatever hate speech really means anyway. And I, I actually did notice that you were shadow banned on Twitter. I, I follow you on Twitter and I had to uh, to find you this morning to get ready for the show. I had to uh, not even just type in your full name in the search bar. I had to type in your actual URL. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. HTTP colon backslash, you know, the whole the whole nine yards to actually find you on Twitter. So uh that yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I don't see this changing anytime soon. Um, I don't think these tech companies are going to stop their crackdown on conservative speech until one, their stock prices fall to the point where their, their shareholders are like, guys, don't piss off half the country anymore. Or, you know, somebody, some tech company emerges on a, a platform of 100% unfettered free speech, right? Which that, that would be a huge undertaking. You need a lot of capital you know, to start a company like that. But um, eventually, I, I would really love to see something like that, you know, come come into the market. You know, it's definitely necessary at this point. It'd be great. It really would. Absolutely. Well, Rob, uh, hopefully you can come back on uh, sometime very soon. This is fun. Love to do it again. And uh, where can everybody find you online? Um, well, I guess on Twitter because you're shadow banned. Because <laughs> I'm shadow banned. You can find me on Twitter at Rob Smith Online and also on Instagram and Facebook at Rob Smith Online as well. All right. Uh, thank you so much, man. We'll do this again. And uh, everybody follow Rob. He's great. Check him out. Um, subscribe to all of his stuff and follow him. Uh, he is fantastic. And uh, I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Um, 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 um.